0: One of the all-time favourite shows.
1: Because you were home. Hello, and you are welcome to episode 51 Mm -hmm. of Because You Were Home. This week we are looking at like paranormal horror movies and just kind of ghostly ghosties Mm. in general.
0: Do you like a good haunted house story? As we all remember when I said about how I really wanted my own home to be haunted. But I suppose as much as young Emer wanted that, I don't think I would have truly, truly enjoyed it.
1: Like young Emer wanted it, like... Now Emer realizes the best I just, of not having it.
0: I just want a quiet house because as much as there are like people going bump in the night, my neighbors do freaking go bump at all times of the day and I just like running around making loud noises and just being really loud. So I feel like this is the closest thing I've had to a haunted house. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And unlike those people, I will sell up and move. I'm not going to like try and stubborn this shit out. I'm going. As soon yeah. as the marketplace becomes something safe to sell this house, we're gone.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm also like, you know, manifesting our, our next door to go up, sale, up for sale at the same time.
0: Let's be neighbors.
1: Let's be neighbors. Yay.
0: That'd be amazing.
1: So I am going to start this episode with Warren bought me a book.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So my husband collects books. He sells books. He's all about the books. So he found a book called In Ghostly Japan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the most terrifying thing about what I'm going to say might be my Japanese pronunciation. But
0: uh, we're all just kind of winging it.
1: Let's go. So I'm going to give you three proverbs, and then we're gonna I'm going to give you the meaning, the little meaning behind hmm. them. Yes. So first we have ani mo dry hachi, which is even a devil is pretty at eighteen. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then our second one is Oni Mo Mi Naritaru ga yoshi, which is even a devil when you become accustomed to the sight of him may prove a pleasant acquaintance. So, the meaning behind the first two there are many curious sayings and proverbs about the Oni or Buddhist devil, such as Oni No Mi Ni Mo. Nama, tears even in the devil's eyes, or Oni, no, karakon, devil's cholera, said to the unexpected sickness of some very strong and healthy person, etc, etc. The class of the demons are called Oni, properly belong to the Buddhist hells where they act as torturers and jailers. They are not to be confounded with Ma, Yashi, Kaijin, and other classes of evil spirits. In Buddhist art, they are re- represented as beings of enormous, enormous strength with the heads of bulls and of horses. The bull-headed demons are called Gozu and the horse-headed Mizu. Oh. And then the last one is oni ni cannibal which is an iron club for a demon meaning that great power should be given only to the strong oh there you go yeah that's very interesting (laughs) it's very interesting that a 32 year old can't read from a book
0: no stop that's like i've i've read stuff with like especially when you're doing like our folklore episodes and and urban legends when you were talking like japanese even when you were doing our asian films and like trying to do the justice of pronunciations you're just like ah
1: (laughs) it's like it's never gonna
0: happen so i will see your cool japanese proverbs thank you and i will meet you uh lockdown has been huh
1: you'll meet me at the crossroads yeah uh, some, the
0: crossroads. some sort of crossroads in uh los angeles imagine this you're already in quarantine you can't leave your house what if you're not alone
1: like like as in my husband or like no. i don't want there
0: yeah yeah you're you're living Alone. Well, as we had one Adrian Gomez, this is written in the New York Times in May of last year, where he had, I don't know if he was alone, but basically he was also not alone. Uh, he noticed that some stuff had started to go differently in his apartment, he says, um, now he would go for his walk within his area that he could during the daytime, but at nighttime he said Stuff started to happen where the doorknob began to rattle vigorously. He could hear so throughout the apartment. And then when he was in bed, like in the morning, the window shade started to shake against the frame. And it was just, so stuff started to move. And he he actually thought like his head that around the apartment was there was an earthquake. And he was like, I hid under the comforter, like you see in all the horror movies, because it really did freak me out. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. He was living with his partner. He says that um, they hadn't seen any unexplained activity before this, but um, they could make out the sounds of footsteps above their heads and no one lives in the apartment above them. He says he's a rational person. He works in IT and he's like trying to think of the logical, reasonable reason why all this is happening. And he could come up with no answers. So then he was like, well, maybe there's something else happening. And that kind of prompted in this article, they said that, um, you know, possibly people aren't alone in more ways than one during this lockdown period that for those who experience um for of would have the experience of self-isolation involves that they believe to be a ghost their days are punctuated not just by zoom meetings or homeschooling but by disembodied voices shadowy figures misbehaving electronics invisible cats cozing up on the couch caresses from hands that aren't there and even in some cases Ew. to bar <laughs> yeah to bar the technical parlance of ghostbusters free-floating full torso vaporous apparitions um so they were just trying to say that perhaps it's from people having to spend so much time indoors at a time when you couldn't even go out. Like I luckily didn't have to work from home so I could get out every day. Um, But I think there was an uptake in people seeing ghosts during lockdown. So yeah, Um, so I mean, I couldn't imagine how bad it would be to stay at home all the time. Um, but also to just think that there was a ghost living with you would just be absolutely terrifying
1: I really wouldn't enjoy it like no I, like no I know <laughs> I don't know that anyone would but I, I really wouldn't
0: yeah like I mean it's the thing where you're like you're just because a lot of this would always for people they're always saying that it like happens at night time um, like some woman here also said with herself that she feels like this ghost is following her around like for wherever she moves and it's a lot of the time someone running up and downstairs at night time
1: oh no the move to a bungalow
0: yeah 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 you yeah. just i don't
1: i i know like we have cats everyone everyone who listens to this podcast regularly will know that i have cats um and our they're also called little boy and little girl, they have many names but little boy <laughs> and little girl are the ones that I use most, and little boy was coming upstairs and he brought one of his balls with him like two, four, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and the ball has a bell in it, so all I could hear was this kind of like tinkering of this bell coming up the stairs
0: oh.
1: and I was like, I just, I genuinely hope it's a cat, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not bothered enough to go and check whether or not the poltergeist is in my house or or it's my cat um but it was my cat which led Uh, to him then playing with it for quite a while in our bedroom because it was quite cute like he brought it up so he could play mm -hmm. where we were but not cute because we were asleep where we were
0: yeah downside to that
1: yeah yeah very sweet that he wants to be with us the whole time not so sweet that he wants to play with a very irritating plastic ball with a um jingly jangly ball in the inside
0: (laughs) yeah I had one time not too long in this house actually might have been in the house maybe about six months and I was hearing like this scratching noise No, and I was like what is that because it sounded like as if it was coming from our attic and I was like it's our attic is converted and and I was like well what like what the hell could it be and then I was like it's a I I know our neighbors have dogs and sometimes they can be like loud and scratching around the place but it sounded like as if it was coming from our house and it was traveling around I'm like oh what is it so I had a conversation with the neighbors because like very grown-up adults something goes wrong we like go to our neighbors like what's going on <laughs> um but yeah discovered from them that even though all these uh the walls are you know like you're you're they're cemented in where it's not just one running attic, and um, we they are separated. But there's a small enough gap, I think. But there would be sometimes mice or rats, yeah. and they would make their way through. And I was kind of like, Jesus, I don't know if I'd prefer it to be a rat or or a ghost. Like, um, and there have been times I've been sitting up uh, here in the attic watching TV, and I'd hear the scraping. So like a crazy woman, I'm like punching the wall, going, "Get out of my attic!" <laughs> get on a mop well yeah but before I knew like what it was I remember being plastered to the bed just going what is that like the noise it was terrifying yeah so I could see how it's like when it's just unexplained you're like what is it so that kind of brought us on to the topic of spooky paranormal events happening in houses so we decided to make that kind of the focus of our episode so grace what haunted movie did you watch
1: i went for the daddy of all haunted horror movies in my opinion um paranormal activity yes so we were speaking about this in the previous episode where you know some people genuinely believe this was kind of true um
0: (coughs) yes Um, quite possibly (laughs) me
1: yeah yeah. And in fairness, I'm pretty sure that I had the question as well. Do you know, it definitely was something where you were like, oh, what is this? Mm. Um, so I actually took a photo at the start of it. So it starts off, it's a black screen, and it says Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of Mika Sloth and Katie Featherston and the San Diego Police Department. And you're like, oh god, yeah. Um, this movie was very much kind of like marketed as this found footage. They found this movie. Um, this girl was being kind of haunted her whole life. Um, and she moves in with her boyfriend. The boyfriend decides to get a um, a digital camera recorder. And um, all hell breaks loose, to say the very least.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember seeing this first. I watched it with my sister Alex and my brother-in-law. I can still. It's funny. I'm actually the the couch we watched it on is now in my house, um. So I'm sitting on the same couch, um. But we watched it in their house, and the whole thing was this was definitely a movie where you knew you were safe in the in the day until you weren't Mm -hmm. but for the first part of the movie you were safe in the day so you felt this like nice ease during the day and then it would go dark and I remember the pit in my stomach the first time I watched this movie it's not really a re-watchable movie like Mm -hmm. you don't get the same feeling well I definitely didn't on this watch and it has been a long time since I watched it so I kind of thought oh maybe I will Mm -hmm. but um I definitely didn't have the same feeling um but it was funny and I suppose it was because maybe I was looking at it a little bit more critically where I was looking in every corner. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Where before I was too afraid to look at the camera. I just didn't want to see because I knew that my brother-in-law screaming beside me indicated something had happened on TV. <laughs> so it was like it was a whole experience with the people yeah. were with and everything. Basically you have this couple they've just moved into it with each other quite recently katie and Mika. and micah decides that or Mika, i'm not quite sure i'm gonna go with micah um he decides he's gonna get a camera and he's gonna start documenting all the kind of weird stuff that happens they hear stuff and everything the first night is quite tame they're asleep you kind of hear something downstairs she goes downstairs her keys are in the middle of the floor very tame totally fine she starts to talk about the fact that she's getting a psychic to the house and Mike is very much that kind of like you know guy who's like this is my house you're my woman nothing's gonna come in here even though there's clearly something there even Mm -hmm. though like you know i can fix it it's a ghost like like you're fucked like like you're fucked um so the psychic comes in he's a bit of a dick to the psychic the psychics can like Mm. in fairness i can't i can't help you with this i can definitely um talk to people who are beyond the grave or the veil or whatever um but this feels demonic and i i can't touch this um i'm just not the expert that you need which i'm kind of like i respect you thank you very much you're not gonna fuck this up anymore. He gives mm-hmm. the number of the person who they should ring. He's all like, Mike is all like, I'm not having anybody else come into my house. I'm gonna sort this out. Fuck oh me.
0: he oh. he really annoyed me throughout the whole film.
1: Yeah. Um so Katie is like, she's the person who's definitely getting haunted by this. Um, she's not mad about the whole camera thing the psychic has already said look it actually might kind of aggravate and make things a little bit worse and she's like I really wish we could just leave this aside if there was any way we could do that that would be great and he's all like fuck no this is great this is really funny and she's kind of like oh, you're being a dick which he is so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it go- it progresses on um, it goes to nighttime time again. you're absolutely cacking yourself. Um, it starts to kind of speed up. The next night the door kind of moves and stuff like that. The night I think the kind of the best thing of this movie is the subtlety. Mm. it is kind of like it's a little bit here it's a little bit there it's a slow burn it's a slow burn it really is there's a part where she gets out of the bed and she just stands beside the bed for fucking hours Mm. and it's really creepy and then he so the the psychic has said "Do under no circumstances like genuinely under no circumstances get a Ouija board I fully fully agree with him yeah don't do it like don't do it then he's all like i'm gonna get a ouija board she's all like don't go out and buy a ouija board and he's like i won't go and buy a ouija board We're i great. promise you that and then he borrows one and she's like God, you know what i meant you like don't bring one in you're a dick they leave the house the camera's still on like stuff goes around the ouija board it starts to move kind of fucking goes on fire
0: yeah As
1: we found out that this was the part that Emer kind of went to <laughs> <pretty real>.
0: something's <laughs> going on here
1: something's not right um, and then they come home and it's all scratched up and he's like oh does it mean does it say Diane does it say this does it say that that's fine she's like you can actually shove your Ouija board where the sun don't shine and I fully agree with her Mm. um he's like look we need to kind of see what's happening here and he puts out like talcum powder and they're in bed and then you can see the footprints coming towards the bed they wake up quite quickly and he's like there's no footprints out there's no footprints out And all this stuff. And nothing really happens that night other than that. The next day they start start having a fight. He's like, I can control this. And she was like, you can in your arse. You think he didn't want to, like, show footprints. Like, he wouldn't show them. Mm. Like, you know, this is a demon we're working with. Like, shut up. (laughs) You're not more intelligent than the demon. Yeah. Yeah. and then he goes on and, you know, she's pulled out of the bed and it's. Oh. oh, yeah. And at this stage, actually, my main thing is like their bed is huge. It's massive. That bed is massive. You should just Google a picture of them in the side of the bed because genuinely there's a whole other county in that room. <laughs> <laughs> like it's unreal. That bed is massive. Um, and then. Like she was kind of like when she was younger, she was haunted and then her house went on fire and then they went to another house and she was haunted there and they just moved into this house and she's been haunted again. So it's kind of been like this thing where she's moved and blah, blah, blah. blah. So they go up into the attic because the attic door was open. They're like, Bleh. And there's actually a photo of her outside her old house with singe kind of corners. And she was like, there's no way this could be here. Like, this would have been burned in the fire. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen this in 15 years. It was over their bed. It's all a bit gross. Then they call your man back. Your man walked in, the psychic. He's like, you should have rang the other guy. And they're like, yeah, he's out of of town. He's like, no, I know. But like, you know, why you didn't ring him straight away? I'll never know. He walks in, he's like, I actually shouldn't be here. It's very angry that I'm here and I'm going to leave.
0: Yeah. And he gets like, out a Dodge real quick.
1: Yeah. He's like, they're like, how can you leave us? And he's like, well, I clearly told you what to do. You ignored it. And I'm not putting myself in danger. And I was like, yes,
0: mm-hmm. go on,
1: you. Set those boundaries, bitch. And he leaves and it's great. And then um, Katie's really upset she's like I need to get out of this house Mike is like 100% agree with you they pack up everything she's sitting in the bed and he's like let's go and she's like I don't want to go I think it's going to be okay I think everything's okay I just have this feeling I don't want to go please stay with me please stay with me mm-hmm. and he's like right fine but if anything happens tonight we're gone she's like right no bother then they go to sleep she gets up stands on the side of the bed she walks around standing on his side of the bed she walks downstairs, she starts to scream mm. horrifically. Like it is like guttural. I just oh when I heard it, I was in my room watching it in the dark last night with the cat. I <laughs> screaming, I actually was like, This is disgust. Um, and then the ending, I had to cover the screen because I knew what was coming, but I was mm. also like bah. I imagine everybody knows how it ends but I won't just in case I've, I've pretty much ruined the entire film <laughs> I will leave the last scene out um, and then it goes up it comes up with you know Micah was found with the footage and she's never been found yeah Um, but yeah this, this movie was like made on like something like is it like $80,000 or like $30,000 or something like that. Um, mm. Sorry. The film was reportedly just cost $15,000 to make. Oh, wow. Um, and it was... Yeah, so they... Like, the cast did all the kind of dialogue themselves. It's all kind of ad-lib. Um, you have... They they basically describe it in the book that I read. Um, Like... The, sorry let me rephrase that the article in the book that I read um because Virginia will probably die of shock that I read a book um and they were basically saying that this was kind of like a producer's wet dream that it was you know done by two people mm. and really quickly so in a way it kind of reminds me of Host. like there was obviously way more involved in hosts there were so many different people but it was kind of and the the next film that actually made me feel the way Paranormal Activity did was Host. Yeah. Within that kind of found footage, kind of, you know, self-record. If it's not kind of found footage exactly. They're very
0: authentic looking, the kind yeah. of almost more cheaper that they are.
1: Yeah. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. I know I've given away quite a lot, but actually like it's it's a very different thing if you watch it. Um it is of its time, obviously, because of it's like if you were to watch The Blair Witch right now for the first time, you you know it was done in the 90s. You'd know this was done when it was done. Um, But yeah, and like th- the stuff that followed, I actually quite enjoyed the second one as well. Mm. I know that they were like given out, but it was this the second one. You did get more in the daylight. One thing happens in the daylight in this one we did get more kind of and i i just love the subtlety of it but it was terrifying um yeah so i kind of solely said what about plan kind of like haunted houses mainly just so i could talk about this movie
0: not bad a way to to do it because yeah it, it is such a good film like when you took that film i was like all right what am i gonna do
1: because you have <laughs> So upset if you would have been like, yeah, I'll do paranormal activity. I would have been like,
0: damn it. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i I just yeah, it, it is such a like nowadays that just pops straight right to your mind. But I suppose off the back of last week when we had done the classic film, yeah. I was trying to look for again an older film that I wanted to watch. Um Kind of just to like take it off my list of the one and one I had been seeing crop up in articles of of good horror movies and and oh, kind of, of an older one was one that was made in 1980. It's called The Changeling. And also don't confuse this with the Angelina Jolie film of the same title. This is yeah. not the same film.
1: I totally thought you watched a totally different movie. I thought you watched a Wayne's brother movie.
0: No, no, I wish.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the movie I thought you watched is called A Haunted House and it's a parody of Oh yeah. And I was like, that's so not Emer.
0: Yeah. Okay. As much as I love Scary Movie, I I, you know, don't watch any more of those kind of films. Um so the changeling is starts out with a guy called John Russell, and he is a composer. Um and we actually see him play like classical piano throughout the film kind of thing. But he lives in New York City and he moves cross country to Washington after the death of his wife and daughter. It's basically the opening of the film where it's very snowy and the wife and daughter, the car is broken down and he's ringing for help. And they're all having a snow fight. But two cars basically slid on oh the ice. And, huh?
1: The white like
0: Yeah. And but the, there's a crash, and the wife and daughter are instantly just—they're plowed down whilst whilst like out in the snow, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, that is a, oh, it was, it was just a whoa, it was real quick. But it's kind of like I knew the wife and daughter weren't in it, so um, <laughs> kind of knew their days were like numbered.
1: Knew they had to be,
0: <laughs> and I mean, it happens in the first minute, minute or two of the whole film you're like well okay they just went straight into that and um, so he just moves basically cross country he wants to he can't live in the apartment in New York it's just too many memories um and it's one of those as well where he looks to be in his I'd say mid to late 50s and the daughter was I'd say if she was anything she was 12 yeah like it's one of those I don't know they it's just I it kind of threw me how older he looked
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, moving past that, he, um, it's one of those guys.
1: He was a career man.
0: Yes, and he was, because obviously, like, he's a composer and he is also a lecturer in music. So he goes over to Washington. He just wants a complete change of scene. And it's one of those ones where he's got, like, he's speaking to some friends and they're like, oh, you know, he's, he's going up to Washington to lecture. And then they're, like, saying oh, you can don't stay in the hotel. We've got some houses. We have some friends in the historical society that will set you up basically so you can rent a fucking mansion that the historical society own. You're like, uh, OK, nice to have friends like that. Um, so he and he gets like shown the house by someone who works in the historical society and they were like oh we were going to turn it into a museum but then it just didn't work out and no one's lived in it in the last 12 years and that nobody seems to be staying in the house for too long and it is humongous and he gets all the stuff moved in everything's going grand and he then he starts to discover kind of like when I was talking about with the haunting stuff starts banging and it happens at like 6 a.m every morning where he just hears this banging and first he thinks oh it's the old house it's pipes it's the furnace it's this that and the other and then um the woman called claire keeps meeting up with john she's the one who was showing him around the house and he gets really upset one time because he's like oh they were at horse riding he's like oh my daughter would have loved this and then he's crying but he gets woken up like stop mid crying because he can hear the banging again and that's when he realizes for like the second morning in a row it's dead on 6 a.m and he just kind of goes straight to it's a ghost yeah there's another thing where I think his there was a ball that his daughter loved to play with in the apartment and uh it gets thrown down the stairs and instead of keeping a hold of it he just throws it into a lake nearby like drives out to like far enough away comes back and as soon as he comes down the door it just goes down the stairs at him so like he's like okay it's a ghost and he gets a medium to come over to the house, and he has he had met up with Claire again at some sort of get together with some for some politician with the symphony. So it's all de da posh people. He meets Claire and her mother, but basically, then the next time we see them again, it's there's he has a medium over her partner, um Claire and Claire's mother. I'm like, wow! Random, lovely nights entertainment where you have a medium come over, and that's how we discover that there is the ghost of a murdered young boy in the house, and um, like he had been making himself known by he shattered the window, he opened and closes the doors, and and again during the banging, um. So this kind of gets this is where it almost stops being a haunted house maybe. and I didn't realize this until I was watching it. John and Claire then start investigating who lived in the house beforehand um, and and they they the only one where this could meet date wise is because this is in 1980 kind of 1979 1980 uh someone who had last and lived in the house in 1909 and uh they find it's kind of like a, it turns into like almost a mystery like a thriller kind of style thing yeah. um so it this the death of the child is linked to a powerful local family of one of the senators who was at that big get together, the fundraising thing that he was at like a few weeks before that. And it's the, the heir to this local family is the senator, Joseph Carmichael. So he, John discovers that actually the real Joseph Carmichael Was that young boy who was murdered? He was murdered by his own dad because Joseph was crippled. He was a sickly child. And if he ever died before he turned 21, the family fortune, which he would have inherited from his maternal grandmother, would pass on to a charity. So the dad, who wanted to keep a hold of the money through the son, basically killed the true son, drained him in a bathtub. And the banging is the sound of joseph hitting the bathtub trying to like get out um yeah and so the dad kills the proper joseph and then he replaces him with an orphan because there was an orphanage nearby so he gets a child a boy of the same age then sends him off to york in the guise of seeking a cure for his the illness that led him to be wheelchair bound and then he comes back at like age of 18 and this is when america is in kind of helping out in world war one and so they don't notice that when he comes back from europe he is healthy standing so he's being cured and they act like nothing ever happened so basically like the orphan kid has to know like the guy who's now the old senator has to be like yeah my life is a farce and a boy had to die for this um so, but the ghost is still haunting the house, and he's making efforts to kind of persuade John to investigate his murder, and so he kind of wants justice. It and it leads John to investigate the property where the orphanage was. It was owned by the Carmichael family, um, and there was a well there because the the ghost is saying, "I'm in a well." I mean, there's like this disembodied child voice going, "My medal. It was a necklace that he was wearing." and he's like I don't well. So kind of like in the ring John goes into this house the woman's daughter is been having nightmares ever since the séance occurred. She's been going to a certain room of that house and screaming at the ground. And so basically she gives John permission. They dig up the ground like the where the house is built on and there's a well underneath then they have someone dig down and they find skeleton so when the police come they're like how did you find this and they're like do you know who the body of this is And he's like no no not really And they're like what do you mean not really and he's giving nothing away and they know he's hiding something he's just he's looking really sketchy (laughs) and um but then they also discover the metal in that uh in the well as well which proves to John, that this is the boy of Joe. This is the body of Joseph Carmichael, and it's like fifty years old. So he's like, <laughs> Claire's like, you should go to the police with all this information. He says, no, they won't be interested in something that's like fifty to seventy years old, like of a cold case. Um, I'm going to deal with it myself. I'm like, what? Um, So he doesn't take the evidence of the medal to the police. Instead, he goes to like ambush the Senator when he's about to depart on a plane. And he's like... I found the body and here's the medal. And it turns out that the senator has the exact replica of that medal because it's obviously meant to be Joseph. Hmm. So there's like two necklaces going around, two medallions. Um, And the senator acts like, if he doesn't know who this guy is, John gets carried off by the security that's there at the airport. And so the senator then sends another policeman called Captain DeWitt to John's home to retrieve the medal. And they think that he's trying to blackmail the senator. And he's like, no, I'm just trying to like, figure out what happened to this dead boy and the the policeman is like oh your daughter and wife died recently and I know that that can have an effect on your psyche we can get you help if you want and he kind of not so subtly alludes to the fact that if John keeps up this investigation they're just going to put him in an asylum Mm -hmm. and that'll be him yeah yeah and I was like "Ooh, where's this movie going and he's like get out of my house and then claire comes rushing through because ever since john went to the senator she the lease has gone up on the on the house where he was living it's been taken away from him and she got fired from the historical society for like helping him out with the investigation so it's all obviously you can tell it's the senators working his way and anyone who's involved they're being told to basically leave but just as john is like because the the cut the cop says i'm going to come back with a warrant we're going to find this medal and we'll see what just happens to you but then claire's like don't worry i'm going to go ring i'm going to try and fix my job situation and i'll talk to you later on then she rings john like five ten minutes later saying that she was on her way out when she saw the fact that the policeman like mysteriously crashed his car with no one else around and he's dead so it's obviously the ghost had something to do with that so that he could john could still investigate this yes. um so when the senator just dis- discovers that the cop has died he agrees to meet up with john john comes over to the senator's house and he tells him the entire story that his air quotes father mer- uh, murdered his natural son and replaced him with this changeling which is kind of like with the Angelina Jolie film it's obviously the replacement of one son with another and it goes back to kind of folk tales where they said that I think it's fairies would replace a baby with the but the fairy kid would basically just like grow up to kill the family or something like that or or steal their life essence something like that but it's not going to be a normal child um but that's what John calls basically Joseph he's like you are a changeling you're not the real son you've inherited this money but it you know like Another boy had to be killed for you to get it, and the senator refuses to. Hear. He's like, my father was a good man; he was a loving man, and but so John's kind of like, instead of doing anything about it or trying to get any proper justice, he gives the recordings he had made during the seance the medallion and all of his notes he had discovered that led him to discover this murder and where the body was and all that. And he says, I don't have any copies because the senator thinks he's been blackmailed. He's like, I've come across your kind, throughout my career. What do you want for this? And he's like, I don't want anything. I just want to show you what I've discovered. Yeah. Um, and then the senator like tells him to leave. And he's like, he threatens him and anyone else that you know there'll be consequences if, if this story comes out um and then claire had been trying to ring john when she's at home and so she's like i can't get through to him i'm just going to go to the home so i was like oh what's going to happen she's coming into this house alone she goes through the house and she thinks he's up in the attic which was where they discovered it was
1: never go to the attic yeah you feel that somebody's in the attic leave them
0: because she even says don't make me come up there. You know I don't like this room. No. And it was the room that was originally boarded up, and it made it look like as if there were shelves there, but it was really no
1: oh, thanks.
0: That was the room that the original crippled Joseph was as his bedroom, and his wheelchair is there. <laughs> she then gets chased or down the house by an empty wheelchair. Oh no! <laughs> and she's terrified, and I'm like, oh my god! Just step out of its way. It's a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> Zigzag, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's just like screaming, ah, ah looking behind us, this wheelchair's just chasing her. And I'm like, Oh god, okay.
1: And a then she, hill kind of moment. Yeah.
0: It? And I was like, I should have just watched that part on like a little bit of fast forward just for the laugh. Um, but then it catches up with her and it like knocks her, she falls down the last set of stairs, and then but she's okay and John happens to come home at that stage and she's like where were you I was looking for you in the wheelchair (laughs) the wheelchair chased me um oh you
1: say that you're like no it didn't
0: I know you're like you're bitch you'd be crazy (laughs) and then at the same time the house then begins to like shake and rumble and so he takes care and they go outside and but then John's like I must try and like Satiate the ghost. I have to try and settle him. I've, I've done everything I can. I have to find out what we can do to calm him down. And uh, so he's like trying to talk to the house, and he's being like knocked over the place. And there's a, a wind causes John to fall from the second story, but he survives and he's lying on the ground. But then the ghost then starts lighting all the banisters on fire. So the house starts to catch fire. And then simultaneously back in the senator's home, he is looking at the two medallions. He throws the original one away and he places his own on the portrait of his father. And then suddenly the picture in the desk in his house starts to shake. And the senator is this confused me for a bit until I had to uh, copped on. The senator is transported to the house. He's still in his apartment his own house but he's transported back to the house he grew up in and he walks up the stairs that are on fire and then the stairs collapse and he goes all the way up until he's in the attic and he then witnesses his dad killing the original joseph whilst he is still in his own home and then a chandelier almost falls and claps on John. He manages to scramble out of the way and he manages to go outside as the house really starts to catch fire. But then we see the senator in his own home whilst he's envisioning this back in the house. He has a heart attack and he dies. Um, And so John oh. and Claire, yeah, so John and Claire then manage to get to the senator's house just in time to see his dead body being taken into an ambulance. The ambulance is then passed by original Carmichael house which is completely ablaze and then and like it's the next morning and in the ruins of the mansion we see Joseph's burnt wheelchair it's sitting up beside a music box box, which opens up it played earlier on in the film and it was actually the lullaby playing and that was something that before John even heard it he had started to compose on his piano. So it's like as if the house was talking to him all along. So I think we're just meant to take by that that the justice he wanted has been served. But I just have to say it was a it was a weird film in the sense I was expecting a proper like haunted house film. And it really kind of turned into an investigate It was like the ring in ways where they were trying to give this ghost peace. Because they're trying to do justice for how the, the child died, the child's body's in a well mm-hmm. Although there was no seven days or some long haired girl coming out on the TV. But like I wondered, was Koshi Suzuki at all influenced by this film when he was writing his book back in the 90s? So I, I wonder, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it just gave me ring like vibes. But I was just disappointed that it wasn't like a, it wasn't a proper like all based in the house And um, it moved along really quickly where he did go straight to thinking it's ghosts. But I suppose for movie logic, like it happened in paranormal activity, they get a medium in really quickly after like only a day or two of the activity. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a bit weird. It, It took a turn that I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I love that, but also sometimes I'm like, hmm,
0: I didn't hate it i actually i liked it for the the dual element of them trying to uncover what happened like in the sense of not just oh there's you know there's a ghost in my house trying to figure out what it wants like they were proper investigating what happened you see them going to libraries they're looking at microfiche to get like what happened back in 1909 and then they're looking at house plans and where else did they own land and they've got notes from the orphanage about a boy being adopted at the same age as the kid at like six years of age so yeah it was good but it was yeah it it just wasn't and it was like an hour and 50 minutes long so it's also quite long
1: yeah that is a long yeah yeah
0: But, you know, glad I watched it. It's something that I was meaning to watch and I've seen it. I don't think I'd watch it again, but, you know, glad I watched it.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they're the best ones where you're just like, yeah, it's in the repertoire now.
0: Mm, And it's kind of like, it's different. It's paranormal and it's thriller-esque. And then, yeah, it's still got its ghost element. Still, the main thread of it all is the fact that the house is haunted and he's trying to figure out why. And yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was that. That was that. Nice one. Well, I had a little bit of a look as well into the most haunted house in Ireland. Well, so say. Yeah. <laughs> the world. Um, so let me just get this here and we'll do a little bit of history. So, uh, Loftus Hall, we've talked about it before. It's actually very close to where our friend Aaron uh, from Class Higher Class podcast is from. It's County Wexford mm-hmm. and it's on Hook Head. And so, basically, Loftus Hall is a large mansion house situated on the Hook Peninsula. It's located on the right hand side as you drive towards Hook Lighthouse on the tip of Hook Peninsula. The first castle was built in 1170. By Norman Knight, Raymond Le uh, who changed his surname to Redmond to adopt an Irish identity, the Redmond family built the hall in 1350, during the time of the Black Death to replace the castle. It Mm. then became known as Redmond Hall and stayed in the Redmond family until 1650, when it was given to the Loftus family, who were English planters, At the time of the Cromwellian Conquest.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Redmond Hall then became Loftus Hall. It became the principal residence of the Loftus family in 1666, which is 1666. (laughs) When Henry Loftus, son of Nicholas Loftus, took residence in the Hall. Mm -hmm. The building that exists today was heavily renovated between 1872 and 1879 by the 4th Marquess of Eli, or Eli, John Wellington Graham Loftus, in preparation for the visit uh, from Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Mm -hmm. Lady Jane Loftus, sorry, his mother, Lady Jane Loftus, the Marquess of Eli, or Eli, was Lady of the Bedchamber to Queen Victoria God. 1851 to 1889
0: that is not a good job
1: no the renovations to Loftus Hall were inspired by Osborne House where Lady Jane Loftus spent a lot of her time with Queen Victoria unfortunately the Queen's visit never happened and Loftus family were left with a massive debt following <laughs> all their work <laughs> Following his death without issue in 1889 and his mother's death one year later, the bankrupt estate was put up for sale. In 1917, Loftus Hall was bought by the Benedictine Order of Nuns, who reside at the hall, who resided at the hall for 18 years. So if it wasn't fucked, it was fucked now. It was then taken over and run by the Sisters of Province as a school for girls. Um, and joining the order until the interested in joining the order until the early 1980s. Oh wow! In 1983, it was purchased by Michael Devereaux, who opened it as Loftus Hall Hotel, which was subsequently closed again in the early 1990s. It was previously owned by Devereaux's surviving family until late 2011. When it was sold to its current owners, the Quigley family from Bano. Now, the Quigley family have undertaken a huge commitment to the hall, it was derelict state when it was purchased. They have secured the structure and are taking massive strides in regenerating the walled gardens and the courtyard of the house. To ensure the future of Loftus Hall for many years to come. Now I know it's actually up for sale now, so unfortunately, let's buy it. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? So the lo- legend of Loftus Hall. Loftus Hall stands alone, and um, on an historic. Astura- yeah, no, stands alone on a bleak landscape. <laughs> the backdrop yeah. adds to its eerie story. It is for many years said to have been visited by the devil. So many people from the surrounding area are nervous to enter the place after dark. Legend has it that during a storm at sea, a dark stranger approached the hall on horseback after his ship was driven into a nearby Slade harbour with it rough seas. He was invited in to seek shelter and spent some, time, some days with the Tottenham family who were living at the hall at the time. The young lady, Ann Totten, was especially taken with the dark stranger and fell head over heels for him. One night, during during a card game, she dropped a card and upon bending down to retrieve it, she noticed that the dark stranger had cloven hoofs instead of feet. As soon as she realized what she had seen, she shot through the roof um, in a ball of flames. She didn't. He did. Uh. (laughs)
0: Ah, That's, you know, like, losing your head
1: over something. <laughs> Anne never recovered. She went into a state of shock and madness, and her family locked her in the Jesus for fear that anyone would see her. She died a couple of years later, still quite young, but her death was no release, as the servants and family members reported seeing her wandering through the house at night, which I would so do if somebody just locked me in a fucking... Yeah. Uh. The family had the local Catholic priest, Father Bowders, exercise the hall, but he could not exercise the tapestry room. The story has been told uh, through the years, and many have said that uh, there is somewhere about certain areas of the hall. There's something about certain areas of the hall. It's atmosphere And its temperature and general feeling of unease. since Loftus Hall reopened to the public in 2012 for house tours. People claim to have felt and seen things in the hall and have left them wondering. Yeah, we were thinking about going there, weren't we? Yeah. And unfortunately, it's closed now. I think COVID kind of did a job on it. I know. Last Halloween, they actually did like a live stream. From Loftus Hall, it was quite cool. Ah, and you go in every so often. You could just watch the whole thing, like it was. It was very Halloween resurrection, actually. (laughs) Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, so it was. It was cool, but it's it's kind of said to be the most haunted place in Ireland.
0: I would just love to give that a go.
1: Yeah, we should definitely go down at some stage. Even mm. This drive down, I think Ellen would absolutely love to see it as well. We got um Adele going as well.
0: That is it. Like I don't see why not.
1: Yeah. So our one hundred horror movie this week, Emer, was Jaws. Nah. When a killer shark unleashes chaos onto a beach community, it's up to the local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt down the beast.
0: I love that. That scene, you know, the nails on the chalkboard. I'll get you that shirt. That's what you're looking for. And then his talk about the USS Indianapolis is like. 80 men went in. Only nine came out. Some my numbers are all wrong. Um, but it's I love him. I love him as an actor. Yeah. And that's
1: another person we'll be seeing. We'll actually Richard Dreyfuss is that, um for the love of horror
0: as well. I loved their uh, scar scene when they're like, I got this from (laughs) because they hate each other until they can at least agree on the fact that they've all gotten some form of war runes.
1: Yeah, yeah. This film is just brilliant. It's iconic. Um,
0: I want all the mayor's blazers. I love them.
1: They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah. And like, he's such a dick mare. He's like, no way are we... <laughs> we
0: can't close on Fourth of July.
1: They'll kill us. Uh-huh. July. It's just like, the, the
0: shark's going to kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they really... I have not and will not watch any of the other Jaw films. But from what I've gathered, like when... What was it the second or is it the fourth one that has Michael Caine in it? It's like... Yeah. So some mother shark from one of the previous ones. It's the mother of one of the sharks that died. Like, gets Brady's wife and is like, you, you, your husband killed my child. I'll kill you. And she moves. And the shark follows her.
1: Like, funny that you would say that because that's actually a perfect segue into next week's episode. (laughs) Where we are going to be, we're going to take four out of the six zero-rated horror movies on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes and watch them um one of mine out of the four is that job the revenge yeah. yeah
0: yeah I mean you can let me know what it's like Then I'm
1: excited
0: it's I got think- everything you want it's got sharks
1: it's got Michael Kane
0: <laughs> yeah which I don't know if that's the film but he did say that he had filmed a house out in uh or he filmed um something out in Barbados and it gave him a nice house in Florida and he's like I can't remember what the film was like and I don't I don't remember watching it but I know that I've got a nice house from it and that's like in one of his biographies so um
1: this is it like and yeah. I know that Ross actually watched it and he said it's actually not bad oh he was like you know for what it is for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so this draws big thumbs up stay tuned next week to find out if the other <laughs> draws has a
0: big thumbs up as well <laughs> where we watch the shite so you don't have to.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we might just be able to plug these as like so really bad that they're good or just so bad that never watch them.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling we probably will. I can't remember what my other one is, but I'll have another look.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am excited, so I was like, but I also don't want Chris to see me watching any of these. I'm like, no, really, we're watching the on-purpose battles. <laughs>
1: like I promise it's not just
0: our movie choices
1: to be fair you could just turn around and go grace come up with this idea it's her fault
0: I think it's something I did want to do at some stage as well like we bandied this idea around before yeah
1: Yeah. and it's time yeah yeah so thank you so much for joining us this week and give us a follow um because you're home with an underscore in between each word
0: and you can follow us uh oh not follow us follow us with your ears on uh, and listen to our podcast on most podcasting platforms and if you listen to us on apple give us a rate and review that would really help us out and if you don't listen to us on apple just tell a friend
1: and we will talk to you next week about zero rated movies
0: yeah zero percent but 100
1: percent fun question mark <laughs> totally shy but hopefully not
0: yeah yeah. Huh. We've got high hopes. For this. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might not do this sober. Yeah.
1: To be fair, come back because it's going to be like a hilarious shit show.
0: Oh yeah, absolute car crash.
1: This might be the episode that ends it all. Yeah, it's this could break us. Like that's it, Gracie. You broke. That was the straw. <laughs>
0: The back. or or would you look at in way we've, we've done the worst one it can technically only get better from here
1: Things
0: can only get, get better. better not these films though <laughs> bye goodbye folks <laughs>